Good morning. Um, aren't we lucky to be here? <laughs> um, I feel I feel incredibly lucky to be here, and um, I want to thank Maite and Galen too for inventing this <laughs> this retreat, the Dharma of All Beings, and uh, also it's it's really she knows how much it means to me. <laughs> um, I also, of course, want to thank all the people who have worked behind the scenes. We don't, we don't always appreciate what, how much work goes into um, putting together a retreat like this. So, uh, uh, absent Vicky <laughs> has contributed a lot. <clears throat> of course, Royce, <laughs> Trisha, um, Tin, everyone else who has, has contributed. It's, it's a great thing. <laughs> So I know that um, Maite was really interested in making this a retreat about water. And she's going to talk to you a lot about water. And since we have a kind of wet time, it just seems appropriate. <laughs> um, so I thought that I would, uh, to put water in the context of the four great elements, that I would talk today about earth, water, fire, and air. Um, so these elements show up in um, poetry everywhere, <laughs> um, but particularly in Zen poetry, in uh, the, the poets of our Zen ancestors. So our ancestors were poets, the ones that we know um, were poets. So um, I found a poem by Ryokan, so some of you who were in the poetry class a couple years ago will remember Ryokan. Um, he was born in Japan in 1758. Um, he started out living in a monastery, but then he decided to go out on his own and live in uh, little run-down huts and go around begging. And you know, it's a, 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 a an honored tradition in in Zen to beg for your food and to receive everything as, as a gift. So he would, um, he had his ringed stick. You know what the ringed stick is? It's a staff, very tall staff with circular rings at the top that would ring as he, as he walked along. Um, so I found this poem that I think has 14 different references to, <laughs> to the four elements, including now, I think that the lotus, because it is uh, rooted in the mud, its stem is in the water, its leaves um, breathe air and um, drink in sunlight, um, is a really good example of the four elements. Uh, but there's also lamplight, a trickling fountain, there's uh, the sun rising, there's rain, there's fresh air, <laughs> there are mountains and rivers, there's mist, there's a valley, <laughs> there's the sun again, <laughs> there are layered ridges, splashing streams, steep cliffs, waves, <laughs> more mist, <laughs> and the shore. I just thought I'd point those out so that you would really hear them when I read the poem. So um, he gives a little introduction after staying at the Koju Hall on an autumn night, I lean over a balcony rail overlooking early morning. 
So Koju is a mystic land. It's the mystic land of Akasha Garbha. Uh, that's a, the name of a bodhisattva that we don't hear very much about. But it means space, treasury. Akasha Garbha means space, treasure, treasury. So he's envisioning, he's at a temple. He's <clears throat> in his wanderings, he's staying at a temple, um, um, uh, uh, waiting for the sunrise. Okay, but he, to him, it's the Koju Hall. Last night I arrived at this monastery. Here I clean myself and bow to the statue of the Buddha on a blue lotus. Lamplight illuminates a quiet room. The myriad phenomena are altogether serene. After the bell sounds the fifth night period, a voice chants in harmony with the trickling fountain. The eastern direction starts to glow, clear and serene, the sky after rain. Cool autumn in the eighth, ninth months, fresh air polishes the mountains and rivers. The remaining mist gathers in the dark valley. Sun rises on layered ridges, a treasure tower in the empty sky. A golden pagoda hangs on twigs. Splashing streams pour from steep cliffs. Waves lap up against the sky. Passengers in the distance walk to the ferry port. A number of boats compete to cross. How misty the shore. Cedar and cypress greens look delicious. Long ago, I valued what is rare and traveled all over to find it. Then I visited this place whose beauty is beyond words. Who picked the Koju world and put it in front of me? Looking at its manifestation in this world, I write a single verse. I have no choice but to leave. Thoughts of the long journey occupy my mind. Among humans, there is waxing and waning. How can I make plans to return? I keep wandering empty-mindedly, attempting to go, poised with my ringed stick. <clears throat> so I, I think this poem expresses Ryokan's um, deep feeling connection to these living elements. You, you feel uh, an intimacy with the elements, um, a, love, a love for the elements. And um, don't you feel that here? Yeah. You feel that here? So um, I think we feel, uh, feel them so deeply in part because we are made of them. Our, we are made of, of the elements materially, energetically, and emotionally. And we are alive because we're made of living elements. Okay, so um, I think we have an idea, maybe in our culture, that we're made of non-living things. Non-living, you know, we're made of calcium. I don't know what else we're made of, but we're made of non, non-living things. And then somehow we're zapped and there's life. We don't know what that life is, but it's, it's kind of like Frankenstein's monster, you know. You put together all these dead elements and then he's got the, the little thing here and then you put electricity through it. Oh, it comes alive. But I think it makes just so much more sense to see it instead that we are made of living earth, living water, living fire, and and living air. Um, We are alive because they are alive. 
Um, and this is true of every human being, every plant, every rock, even our, um, you know, we tend as a species to process these elements. And so we have a city <laughs> with concrete, metal cars, bricks, plastic, but those too are made of, of the earth, water, fire, and air. But we just feel them more strongly when they're more in their unprocessed form, in their raw. But you can imagine, maybe you can imagine, if you really believed that the elements were alive, how it would be to live life, you know? What if the air that you breathe was alive? What if the cushion you're sitting on is, is alive? Um, I think it's telling that we bow to our cushions a lot. <laughs> we honor, honor them as also manifestations of the elements. And we can recognize that every human being also is made of the same, the same stuff. And so um, we can honor and respect and love every human being um, for, for that reason. Um, so I was looking up in my, in my Dogen, I checked in the index, four elements. <laughs> and it took me to this essay um, that's really almost completely about how men should respect women. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? From the 13th century, Dogen, for those who don't know, uh, Dogen is our, our amazing and wonderful poet teacher from the, 13th, from the 13th century. So early on, he wrote this, or, or I think it's a talk that he gave to his male monks about how they should respect and honor and learn from female practitioners. Pages, it's like a rant. <laughs> but one of his arguments is that women too are made of the four elements. So of course, of course you're going to respect them. But then, because everything is made of the four elements, then everything is worthy of our love and, and respect. Okay, even our place, you know, the, beautiful wooden tables we have in there, and so on. <clears throat> um, so, uh, um, this retreat, as you know, is called the Dharma of All Beings. So, I think that that could, we could say that that starts with the Dharma of the elements. Um, so, how do the elements speak the Dharma? So, uh, uh, another Dogen fascicle is called Mountains and Waters. And uh, uh, our friend Rick uh, pointed out in a talk recently <laughs> um, that the essay is actually called Mountains and Waters Sutra, that the word sutra, which is a word usually reserved for the teachings of the Buddha, um, here means the teachings of mountains and waters. So how do they speak? So the answer is in the second line of this essay. Um, each abiding in its condition unfolds its full potential. Each abiding in its condition unfolds its full potential. So a mountain speaks by being a mountain. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't have to say words. It just has to be itself completely. <laughs> and it is. It is. There's, there's no way a mountain can pretend to be a bird or, you know. <laughs> um, 
though birds are also made of earth. Also, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, each abiding in its condition unfolds its full potential. Um, <clears throat> water too. Water speaks by being water. Okay, so um, 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 when we listen to the Dharma, you know, when we lie down on the earth like we did last night, you know, and feel, did you feel how soft the earth was under you last night? Any, anybody? I was just so moved by that and how, um, how intimate that was to lie down on this earth that had been softened by water. Um, <clears throat> Um, and then uh, it started to rain a tiny bit. Did you feel those little, tiny, sharp little drops of water on your face? <laughs> so that's earth and water abiding in their elements, speaking to us, uh, abiding in their nature, speaking, speaking to us. It's very, it's very moving to me. Um, <clears throat> Um, so, you know, uh, as I said, the elements are part of everything. Um, but here the elements, uh, for some reason, help us feel closer to the source. That raw elements are closer to the source. Now, what I mean by the source, I, I, I don't know that I can put that into words. But we do have the line in our poem that we, that we chant often on Sundays, the Song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi, communing with the source, travel the pathways, communing with the source. So here, with the elements in their raw form, I feel like we can, we can begin to maybe understand what that means, communing with the source. Um, <clears throat> all right, so here... Uh, as you as you have already experienced, we can uh, uh, feel the elements as they exist outside of our bodies. But as I said, they're also what we are made of, and we can experience that in zazen. So we're still and we're straight and we're stable as mountains. Absolutely still and straight. That's earth. That's earth power. It keeps us still and straight. Um, but then our blood is flowing and circulating. Um, there's a fluidity to us as well. Um, um, there's a fluidity and a flow of our thought. We don't have to be blank. There can be a flow of thought. Um, um, and there's the flow of time in a way that's all you know, the fluidity um, of our experience in zazen. Uh, fire, we, we experience fire in our, our devotion to presence, our emotional warmth, um, our enthusiasm, you know, our love and our tenderness. We can experience that. We, we kind of have to have that enthusiasm or else it would just be a completely dull experience for us. Um, and air for us in zazen can be, you know, the, the changeability. Air, the way it moves is very changeable. Maybe you felt that last night uh, lying on the ground also, you know. Here, and then here. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, 
it, it's, the air is very changeable. And so the air is the energy of spontaneity, um, freedom, playfulness, lightness, and joy, which, you know, we, it's part of zazen, right? Don't you think? <laughs> I, think I think so. So, you know, we, we start with stillness and stability, but, but there's, there's so much more. Um, someone I knew was uh, boasting to me about, how, about her meditation practice and how she could be completely blank for an hour. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's, that's, that's a misunderstanding. <laughs> there's, even though we're stable and we're still, there's still so much life going on. And I think, you know, in, in uh, Zen literature, you find all kinds of images of this. Uh, for example, mountains walking, or stone women giving birth in the night, <laughs> or stone women getting up dancing, completely still, and yet there's, a, there's dancing. Um, wooden men singing, withered trees with dragons singing in them. <laughs> I think they're all images for zazen. There's maybe uh, other things as well. Um, So I thought uh, we could talk, I could talk um, a bit about each element. We know about these elements. Um, You might have much more to say about them than I I ever could, but um, here I am. (laughs) So um, in preparing for this, talk, I came across in a New York Times article uh, an artist named Delcy Morelos from Colombia. And I, I have that article, maybe during the Q&A we can pass it, pass it around. It has pictures of her um, next to her mammoth, colossal <laughs> uh, earth artworks. So she'll, she'll take the earth and make these huge um, monumental <laughs> structures. And they're, um, you know, they're very rich, and they, she infuses them with fragrances like cocoa and cinnamon, and, you know. Um, um, and in, their, uh, in the article, it quotes her as saying that, um, um, I'm going to find it. <laughs> she she um, wants to show the land out of context and in a sacred way. So I call it to order. <laughs> so she's, um, she does say that she thinks that Earth is a little bit unruly. And you know the elements, they're quite unruly, right? When you want rain, you don't necessarily get it. <laughs> when you don't want it, <laughs> okay, it doesn't follow rules. The elements don't, don't follow rules properly. But, but she's calling it to order. Um, 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 and she allows me to do that. She allows me to do that. Um, <clears throat> so she definitely is aware of the earth as living, as, as absolutely alive. Um, she says that earth has a, a deep, strong vocation to create, m- to multiply, to generate life. Um, and then she, she goes on to say, you know, I am living earth. I am living earth, creative, feeling, and thinking earth. So it's like we were, we rose up out of the earth, <laughs> and here we are, sitting here, 
we also are Earth. Um, so I think she's a very interesting artist. The, uh, another artist that I read about in this book called uh, Encountering the Spiritual in Contemporary Art, and I'll, I'll pass this around also, um, is uh, Lani Vigil. And he is a Native American from the Nambe Pueblo in New Mexico. And he's, uh, he's a potter, and he makes amazing work, amazing work. But he himself, he doesn't use processed clay, he doesn't buy it at the store. He goes to the place, he um, uh, uh, asks for, for permission, makes an offering, and then harvests the earth himself. And um, um, he considers his, his ceramics as a, um, uh, the creation as a spiritual partnership with the earth mother and the clay mother. Um, all things are living, including the spirit of the clay. Um, and then he fires these uh, vessels on open fire. So it's very variable according to the weather, according to the moisture in the air, according to the movement of the air, and so on. So he, um, he looks for signs for when it's just the right time to do the firing, because otherwise disaster <laughs> can occur. Um, so he looks for signs, and he looks in particular for signs from um, hummingbirds <laughs> and other animals. Um, and all of these conditions work together to create his, I hope you'll see these incredibly beautiful pots. He doesn't use a, um, he doesn't use a wheel. They're hand-built and yet they're beautifully symmetrical. And he says that the Pueblo people uh, consider ceramic pots to be alive. <coughs> okay, so, you know, um, um, I'm sure you also know other ways of finding this real intimacy with the earth. Um, certainly people who are gardening <laughs> definitely are feeling that, but I'm, I'm sure there are other ways. For me, just taking a walk on the earth like we did this morning was, was something. You know, it's different from taking a walk on concrete, right? It's, it's, it's a different experience. And so even taking a walk or... Um, even in the city, I, I decided, okay, I'm going to take a walk and I'm going to look at the colors of the earth. It was very, very interesting, walking along, looking at the, looking at the ground. Um, <clears throat> so, um, earth energetically and emotionally, we experience a stability, connection, containment, and groundedness. In yoga practice, and we're going to hopefully experience this in the yoga class, um, we find that when we're aligned with the earth, when we're aligned with gravity, uh, there's an, a quietness and an ease. <coughs> Some of you have experienced that. Um, if we have too much earth energy, we become rigid, <laughs> stubborn, dull. <laughs> okay, but if we have too little earth energy, we can become flighty and uh, it's hard to focus and uh, attend to anything for any length of time. So you can, if you're lacking in earth energy someday, go out and look at the earth. Go lie down on the earth. <laughs> um, okay, so water um, 
Maite is going to talk a lot about water tomorrow. We're going to hear many amazing things about water. <laughs> I've been privileged to hear some of them. Oh. <laughs> but um, in terms of another artist, has is, is anyone uh, seen the movie Pina about the German choreography, Pina Bausch? No one has seen that? It's on Netflix. You should, you should watch it. It's, uh, um, it's really her, it's her choreographer, her, her company uh, dancing. And in one of them, on the stage, is this gigantic rock. And I, I bet it's not real. I mean, how could they possibly have brought that? Anyway, it's enormous. But the stage is covered with water. And in the back of the stage is a kind of, it's like three inches of water, four inches of water. And the, the dancers are having a great time <laughs> splashing around in the water. They've got basins in there throwing the water through the air onto the rock and um, <clears throat> I'm sure it's improvised. You know, they're just having a great time in water. So water can induce that in us, right? All, all kinds of joy can come from water. I just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> As a, now, now you'll really want to hear what Maite has to say. <laughs> okay, so fire... Um, the primal fire is, of course, the light and warmth of the sun. Um, the sun, like all the elements, are all the elements are extremely powerful, right? That's why we create some of these things to protect us from the, from, from the elements. <coughs> um, the sun is so powerful that you can't even really look at it. Fire is immediately dangerous if you touch it. Ouch! <laughs> It's harm. You'll be immediately harmed. Okay. Um, so in its raw form, fire has that danger. And uh, this is reflected again in the Song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi, when true reality is compared to, sometimes called thusness, thusness, true reality, is compared to a massive fire. So fire consumes, right? And True reality is being consumed at every moment, right? Last, the moment from back then, three seconds ago, is completely gone. It's completely gone. So it's completely consumed. We are also being consumed constantly. Um, so every, you know, a true reality is like a massive fire. Um, there's a, another instance in Zen literature from the Avatamsaka Sutra, where uh, a young man named Sudana is traveling around, uh, visiting various teachers, and one of his teachers is sort of a fire master who practices in the midst of these gigantic fires. Um, <clears throat> and he counsels Sudana to climb this cliff and jump into the fire. <laughs> and at first Sudana thinks, this is a demon telling me to do this but other celestial beings come and tell him, it's okay, <laughs> this guy is real, <laughs> you can do what he says. So he takes the plunge, he climbs up, and he is willing to leap right into the fire and, and finds immediate enlightenment, <coughs> jumping into the fire. <clears throat> Another important image of fire in our, um, in our literature is... Uh, the bodhisattva sitting 
in the midst of flames, you know, the statues, we have a few of them at the Zen Center, of bodhisattvas sitting with flames all around them. So this idea of the fire as suffering, suffering can be compared to a fire, and a bodhisattva sits erect or stands erect in the midst of suffering, in the midst of the fire of suffering. Okay, so... um, Fire can be purifying and transforming. Um, In our ordinary human uh, life, it's emotional warmth, inspiration, enthusiasm, desire, love, and vitality. Um, If it's too strong, we burn out, we become enraged. (laughs) Um, If it's too weak, we're depressed. We have no enthusiasm. We have no vitality. So uh, I think an important question to ask always is, what feeds my fire? You know, what feeds my uh, vitality and my ability to be enthusiastic about things? What feeds that? So, you know, we're here to feed our our fire. Okay, so the air is all around and inside of us. Living air gives us life with every breath. And what if, it, what if you breathed right now as if air were alive <laughs> and giving you life? <clears throat> it also, as I said earlier, um, has to do with lightness, changeability, spontaneity, playfulness, freedom, joy. So when we were sitting out there earlier for our sunrise meditation, I was watching three birds catching air currents. Did you see them too? You were sitting next. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, they were catching air currents and they were playing. You know, one would fly this way and the other would fly this way and the other would fly this way. They were, they were making triangles, and <laughs> but they were right, right there just... <clears throat> so they were, they were riding on the playfulness of the air, we could say. Um, <clears throat> I think that's a, 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 a good example of the... the the power of air. Um, and, uh, you know, um, when things happen that are spontaneous and not according to plan, <laughs> you know, the schedule is, you know, Earth, <laughs> the schedule. <laughs> but, you know, this morning we took an extra long walk, right? I, according to the schedule, it was supposed to be 10 minutes long. <laughs> and yet, we, 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 we went with it, right? And it was wonderful. It was the best thing that could have happened, right? So this changeability, the way um, earth, water, fire, and air manifested in us at that time um, was, was lovely. You know, we can ride that also. Um, now, if you were totally into your earth energy, you might have been disturbed. <laughs> but we were able to really flow with it. And I'm, I'm grateful to the elements for manifesting in exactly, in exactly that way. Um, so I do have a short poem that I think exemplifies the air energy. Um, it's by Ruching, who was the Chinese teacher of Dogen. Um, Here it is. Some of you have heard this before. (laughs) Um, The entire body 
is a wind bell hanging in empty space, remember? (laughs) The entire body is a wind bell hanging in empty space, regardless of the wind from east, west, south, or north, joining the whole universe in chiming out prajna. Ting, 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 ting. So we were like wind bells, right? It doesn't matter whether the, the air is taking you this way from the north and taking you this way, or if it's from the south taking you this way, or from the east taking you that way. Um, uh, no matter what, we are joining the universe in chiming out prajna. Prajna is the wisdom of enlightenment, shall we say, the wisdom beyond human wisdom. We are chiming it out because we are also the elements. Okay, we're at every moment, whether we're going this way or that way, we're chiming out prajna. <clears throat> so um, I wanted to just end by um, looking at the whole paragraph in Dogen's Ma- Mountains and Waters Sutra. I quoted the second line earlier. Um, <clears throat> he says, mountains and waters right now actualize the ancient Buddha expression. So we're actualizing Buddha nature through the elements right now. (laughs) Here we are manifesting Buddha nature through our, um, the elements as they are expressed within us. Um, Each abiding in its condition unfolds its full potential because mountains and waters have been active since before the empty eon, since before time began. They are alive at this moment. Because they have been the self since before form arose, they are emancipation actual. Because they have been the self since before form arose, they are emancipation actualized. So the elements, as they are there, as they are here, as they are here, are an actualization of emancipation. I think that's worth considering. <laughs>